Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. taking a couple minutes to just watch this midweek video. Now I want you to remember that we are having, um, I am teaching on Wednesday nights now uh, at 6.30 and you'd be welcome to come to that as well if you listen to this. But um, I want to talk to you about as we move toward Christmas and by the way remember Christmas is on a Sunday this year so Christmas Eve service 7 o'clock on Saturday night uh, candlelight service and then indoors warm and all that stuff and then Christmas day one service at 11 o'clock it's going to be a very special service that Pastor Mike's putting together and it'll be a lot of fun and it's it's a family friendly thing so there's not child care but it'll be something the kids will really have fun doesn't matter how old they are they can run around whatever they want to do I want to talk to you about Christmas, and, and I am talking more about this on Sunday, but about giving. But I want to ask the question, for, and I want you to think about it a little bit. Are you a giver or are you a taker? Now, I think if we're really honest, we're all a mix, aren't we? Probably even at our most holy moments, there's a little bit of selfishness in all of us. But overall, which, what side of that question do you end up on? Now, we're all a little bit self-deluded. Every man's ways are right in their own eyes. I know that sometimes I don't see it. Oftentimes I don't see it. But this is a very important question to, to ask yourself, to examine yourself on. And not just for Christmas, but for a godly life all year round. And here's why. Think about it. Uh, Romans 8.32 says it like this. It says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, will he not also with him freely give us all things? God is a giver. God gives to us. God is <clears throat> doesn't need anything from us. So everything that proceeds out of him is purely an act of love. It's selfless in itself. If you want to be like God, if you want to become godly and more conformed to his image, you must learn to give like God in a human-sized way. Obviously, you and I, we have limits. We have limited resources and limited time, but 
in the context of our humanity, we have to learn and we have to practice giving if we're going to be like God. Now, how can you contrast these warring, um, these warring ideas between being a giver or a taker? How do you do that? How do you contrast these tendencies? Well, I'd say one, let me just throw a couple of contrasts out there. Number one, givers are self-forgetting and takers are self-calculating scorekeepers. You know, someone one time said it beautifully, I don't remember who, but they said you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. It is easy to give, and this is the time of year where giving, there's all kinds of giving done for all kinds of reasons. Some of them are love, and some of them are, you know, other motivations or some mixture. Guilt. <laughs> Hubris. We don't want to be outshone. But giving, a giver, is self-forgetting because it's an act of love. First, First Corinthians 13.5 says, Love does not act unbecomingly. Listen, it does not seek its own. I do agree with um, some translations will say love is uh, takes no thought of itself. Love isn't isn't just selfless. It doesn't. It isn't just unselfish. It doesn't even think about itself. Love does not seek its own. Givers give in a self-forgetting way. The takers are always calculating what they get out of it. It might be gifts. I wonder what they're going to give me. Or, wow, I gave them that nice gift and they gave me a $5 gift card. Not even a gallon of gas and some, sometimes. It might be you're calculating how much praise or attention, or maybe it's going to give you an opportunity, or maybe it's going to give you some leverage with somebody to charm. Or maybe you're deep down seeking affirmation or appreciation. And this isn't just at Christmas time. This is a lot of times we do things for people and secretly we're kind of keeping score. There's lots of, it's easy, it's incredibly easy to be two-faced. And oh, it's no problem. I'm fine with doing it. I just love to serve the Lord. You know, this is really what I do. And then when it's all over, backstabbing and complaining and um, and, you know, grumbling about how over, overused that person maybe have been. This is easy to happen. So, remember, if we're going to cultivate giving, we better understand this contrast. And givers are, givers are very different kinds of being. Givers are self-forgetting and takers are self-calculating. Um, this is important. Second thing is, givers look for needs. They look for the needs around them. They're sensitive to that. They're paying attention. They're listening. Takers just complain about their wants. Givers look for needs. Takers complain about their wants. Now we can all fall into either one of these, sadly. But you ought to see it. You ought to pay attention to this because this can this is really really um, way more obvious than we'd like to admit you'll see you'll see what you look for and so if you're looking for needs you'll see needs now you can't meet every need 
but you can ask God for the sensitivity and he might put you in touch with people that maybe can meet a need. You know, First John says it like this, about disciples like you and I, for those of you that claim to be followers of Jesus. In First John 3.16, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him. How does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but indeed in the truth. You notice what he says? The giver is the one that sees the need, doesn't close his heart, but gives. He's looking for that need. The taker might see a need, but they're protecting, they're defending themselves. Now, it is easy to be a whiner, isn't it? It's sometimes a family tradition. Some families, you know, if your family were people that complained a lot and groused a lot and used a lot of sarcasm, and uh, you'll probably have a tendency to go there. And you may not even see it. The people that are close to you might warn you about it and say, hey, I don't like that. And you'll just, ha, ha, ha. But the reality is, it's very easy to be a complainer. The Bible says, do all things without grumbling or complaining. But you might prove yourself blameless in this world. As a follower of Jesus says, lights. It's easy to complain about all I did and I'm being so over whatever looked or overworked or whatever. But the reality is, if you, uh, you know, this is, you know, this comes down to, some of this comes down to you meaning what you say. You are doing it as an act of selflessness or you're doing it as a taker, looking for something else. The third thing, givers see abundance as a call to share. And takers see abundance as a chance to gain or to accumulate. Givers see abundance as a call to share. God has given me a lot. Now, takers are always looking for a, a loophole to get out of having to really use what God has given them. You know, it's all, there's a lot of bogus conversations about stewardship, which is really just, just high or enabling or whatever. Most of that, much of that, that, that need, we need to be wise, but much of that is just a cop-out. It's just selfishness. Just that kind of maybe even judgmental um, judgmental kind of attitude toward people that you're not going to help. But you know, the Bible gives us a very different kind of, of mathematics when it comes to resources. The Bible predated all of our modern ideas about economies. It predates capitalism and socialism and communism and all the other isms that ought to be wasms. Ultimately, we can say there are the really own, there, there are better economies for sure, but the economy of love is the economy that the Christian is to live by, and it's very different. Second Corinthians eight nine says, "For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you you through his poverty might become rich." Verse 10 says, I give, I give my opinion in this manner, for this is to your advantage. Who 
were the first to begin a year ago, not only to do this, but also the desire to do it. But now he's talking about they were desiring to give an offering to some other believers, the people in, in Jerusalem that were in need. But now finish doing it also, so that just as there was the readiness to desire it, so there may also be the completion of it by your ability. In other words, you said you wanted to do it, you started out to do it, finish it. It's all about, he's using the analogy of what Jesus did. For if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. In other words, I don't expect you to give what you don't have. Just do what you can. And then he says this, for this is not for the ease of others and for your affliction. In other words, I'm not telling you to do this so that you're starving and other people are sitting around, lounging around. But this is by way of equality. And notice this, verse 14. At this present time, your abundance, because evidently they were doing good, being a supply for their need, so that their abundance also may become a supply for your need. And there may be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have to do much, and he who gathered little had no lack. He who gathered did not have to did not have too much. Sorry, didn't mean do much, but he who gathered much did not have too much. And a huge abundance, a disproportionate amount of, of resources and wealth and things. He said, you didn't have too much. And he who gathered little had no lack. You know, this is what he's talking about here is, you know why God has blessed you and given you more? Is it because you're more deserving or God loves you more or you're smarter or you're cuter or whatever? Well, perhaps it's more simple than that. Perhaps it's really just, it's a test. God gave you a lot to see what you do with it. He gave it to you. He gave you abundance so that when you were willing to see, you look for needs, see a need, you would match your abundance with the lack. That's how it works. This is how Christian love and fellowship is meant to work. It's not mandated by the government or some somebody else like that. This is what you're supposed to do. It's the, it's the mandate of love. You know what a, a body of believers really is, a church? It's a gathering of godly givers. That's all it is. God wants us to so practice giving that it's impulse giving, not impulse buying. It's impulse giving, not Amazon spending or taking. You remember what he said? But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. It's just impulse. You just do it because it's become your way. So as we travel into this season, and we tell people about Jesus. Just remember, it's about his giving. He's the giver. And we are the receiver. And we receive abundance from him so that we can be like him in giving as well. Thanks for watching this. And share it with somebody if you think it would help them. Remember, I'd love to see you if you can make it. If there's a way you can be there on Sunday at 8 or 9.30 or 11, those three services, those are still available. We'd love to get a chance to see you and 
be, feel free to contact back. And like in reference to this message, if you want to give, you give to one of the needs out there, the Neighbors Fund or other things, or just give your tithes and gifts, you can do that by going to the website and press the button on giving, and it'll explain it all to you, and it's very simple. God bless.